the home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Other than this is another loss where Dayton fans are gritting their teeth in a season where those kind of wins, Keith Walskowski, are really stacking up. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's uh, it's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating to kind of go through. I think we, it's uh, almost as a fan, you almost feel like you're they're toying with our emotions. They show us what they're capable of uh, on the good side. They show us what they're capable of on the bad side, both within a game and from game to game. It's and it's tough. Yeah, that's that's something we've talked about increasingly on this show the last. 10 days, two weeks in particular, is that one of the things that makes this Dayton team really frustrating to watch is what the floor and what the ceiling are. And it's it's because we've seen both ends of the spectrum. Uh, and the ceiling is not the roof. The ceiling is going and beating a good St. Louis team, even with all their, you know, uh, circumstances they're dealing with. And the floor is just getting your butts beat in Richmond by the Richmond Rams. And it's laying clunkers to teams like LaSalle and Fordham. And then it comes in different forms where it's like tonight, Keith, where this was not the woodshed game it was when these teams met earlier and Dayton got run out of the gym to start. They got run out of the gym early and often back in Richmond. That's one thing, but tonight was a completely different situation, but equally as frustrating, perhaps even more so, depending on where your thought process is, that Dayton blew every chance they had to win this game, Keith Walskowski. They were up. <clears throat> excuse me. They weren't up. They pulled it within one, 68-67 with Jalen Crutcher's lay-in. After that point, the Dayton Flyers went the final four minutes and 41 seconds without a point. They got no closer than six. 76-67. Your final Dayton drops to eleven and six on the year, seven and five and eight ten play, and uh, you know that was that was the the point, Keith. You know, a game has never lost on one possession, but that was several possessions there where Dayton lost. They get to within one. Dayton gets a back to back turnovers. It leads to it leads to five uh, a five point swing with VCU getting a five zero run. I mean, it's just that was devastating and, and never recovered. And that was the final nail in the coffin of just a game full of missed opportunities. Yeah, and and I think uh, you know, kind of the tough part with all of that, you that happens. We talk about the ups, we talk about the the floor and the ceiling with this team, and and I think one of the things I've been talking about a lot more recently is you take a team like last year, and you have Obi on the court, and you got Jalen on the court, and you have Rodney or Ibby, whoever else you have on a, as a guard, and Trey Landers. Well, if you put Zimmy Wilkeji with them, or you put Kobe Brea with them, or RJ Blakeney with them, they can hide a little bit. They can they can make mistakes without it being so glaringly obvious that uh, it, it hurts the team. But the problem this year is is you've got Zimmy and Kobe or RJ or maybe even Elijah Weaver at times, um, or some of these young guys that that we're depending upon that, but they're all in there together at the same time. And collectively 
it's not just one mistake. It's one and then another and then another and then another. And they all seem to make mistakes at the same time. And it's not nearly as easy to hide. But those guys got to play because they got to develop and they need the experience. But just given the roster where we are this year, they're all there together, not being overshadowed or guided by um, a, a strong junior senior class that's very, very heavy, very deep. Uh, you know, it's it's they're just a little bit more exposed. And that's why I think we see uh, see those highs and see those lows and and just have them constantly tugging on our emotions. Yeah. And it's been rough and it's just become uh, <laughs> there was there was some people how I don't know, but there was some people living in an unreality that thought, well, that's a stone at large team as recently as maybe, I don't know, 10 days ago. Uh, Nope. (laughs) That train is all the way left the station, brother. Woo, it's so far away now you can't even see it. Um, Another thing that that killed this team again tonight, Keith, is the turnovers. And as Larry mentioned for Mm -hmm. some perspective in his his postgame chat with Brooks Hall as we await here uh, on Flyer Feedback, the postgame comments of head coach Anthony Grant, is that you look at 16 turnovers for this Dayton team, you would typically think, okay, well, that's not a total killer, especially with as much as they've struggled with turnovers this year. But it wasn't like, you know, 16, you know, a lot of there weren't a lot of dead ball turnovers, Keith. They, they had a lot of live ball turnovers. And again, and I know VCU is a team that will force you into those kind of turnovers, live balls. It's a killer. It's an absolute killer when you got as many live ball turnovers as Dayton had, especially against a team like VCU, because they turn right around and they're often running on the break. And tonight, 16 turnovers and VCU turns those into 29 points off turnovers. That's a backbreaker against a team uh, like VCU that, that frankly, that's the way they like to play. Yeah. And, and those 29 points as a total are more than we put up uh, in the second half as a team. And, you're right. It's just it, it, it's a backbreaker because I thought f- when we were able to get shots up, we shot the ball well. Forty nine from the field, fifty percent from three, I think. Yeah, fifty three percent from beyond the arc. So, yeah, but but we weren't able to get to those shots all the time, and you know that's the type of stuff that VCU does. They wear you out. Uh, they make you play tough. They make you play physical, even to the point that um, it's the last possession, like. RJ Blakeney has to go one-on-one because nobody's moving. They're all just worn out and mentally and physically exhausted from having to play with that constant pressure. And, and those are the things that, again, even, even as juniors and seniors, those guys, uh, it's one of those things you got to play through. And it's, um, you know, as the younger guys get that experience last time when we played VCU, it was an absolute drubbing because of that. This time we hung with them a little bit, but they wore us out down the end. You know, hopefully the third time's a charm for us, but, you know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, and Ibby Watson led the way tonight with 20, but, you know, he wasn't right tonight. Something's going on with him. Um, we'll see if, if Anthony gives any insight into what he was dealing with, but uh, Larry and Brooks were very clear throughout the game that in what they were able to observe, something was not right with Ibby uh, tonight. And give him credit for fighting through it, but it, it just wasn't enough. Even the 20 points, I mean, that's... You just come to expect Ibby. He's just, as we always talk about, he's a walking bucket, uh, Keith. But the 20 points tonight that you come to expect from him were just not enough to overcome this one. 76-67 VCU, the final in a game uh, that was not even supposed to happen until March 3rd. But, you know, this is a season unlike any other. And weird stuff's been happening. And when UMass picks up the phone this weekend and says, oh, 
for shutting down the athletic department because we got COVID over here in Amherst. Now, all of a sudden, the league is jumping in and saying, all right, we got these teams on pause. Dayton, VCU, you're getting together. And I know there's been some other pairings. The league has, I believe they moved St. Bonaventure around this week and said, all right, Bonnie's, you're playing here because Duquesne has to hit the pause button too. So you guys play, but they're trying to move all these puzzle pieces around and get teams games in an effort to try to make it as close to an apples-to-apples comparison when it comes to seeding for the A-10 tournament. Because if you've got a team like St. Louis, who we think is probably really good, but if they only get, you know, there's no way St. Louis is going to get to 18 A-10 games. You got the league jumping in here trying to make it equitable in terms of how many games everybody's getting. Um, So will these teams play again on March 3rd? I was told today by somebody at UD it's unlikely, but really in this season everything going forward is is TBA. It's just it's sort of open ended because who the hell knows what's going to happen between now and March third, <laughs> and and when we get to Richmond again for the A10 tournament this time around. You know these these are two teams. It was it was described to me as VCU and Dayton have both missed games with Richmond. Uh, they've both missed games with another common opponent. You know so. We'll see what happens. But anyways, it's Flyer Feedback sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And what does head coach Anthony Grant think about this one? Well, you're about to find out because he is live on the other side of this break with Larry Hanskin with his thoughts on the 76-67 loss to VCU right here on the Home of the Flyers. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Larry Hanskin back here at the UD Arena, Dayton Falls to VCU 76-67. We're joined by head coach Anthony Grant. And coach, basketball's a 40-minute game, but tonight uh, the final four minutes, first half and second half, uh, it certainly looked to prove to be the Flyers' undoing. Yeah, well, I'll go back and look at the film, Larry, but you got to give VCU credit. You know, they did a great job tonight. They had guys stepped up for them and, and made plays on both sides of the ball, and, and uh, you know, they deserve the win. You know, it, 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 it was a uh, something – Ibby Watson, you don't have to get into particulars, but there was something bothering him, if you will. But I, I thought he gave you a gutty effort in the second half, fighting through whatever it was to, to keep you guys in the game, you know, with, to, to the final four minutes. He did a great job. You know, he did a great job. And as you mentioned, he just sees a tough kid and, and uh, he battled through and, you know, made some shots there that gave us a chance. You know, turnovers are, are not all turnovers are, are created equal. And uh, the turnovers that you had, you know, they, they led to, they were live ball turnovers, led to points, and they happened at inopportune times as well. Um, kind of uncharacteristic about the way this team has been playing, though. Well, you know, VCU has a lot to do with that. You know, they pressure you and they force you to, you know, to get the ball uh, to, to, to spaces that sometimes, you know, we just got to make better decisions in terms of how we finish those plays. But, but you know, give them credit. You know, they, they took us out of a lot of things that we, you know, have been able to have success with. And, and um, you know, unfortunately for us, as you mentioned, we had 10 turnovers in the second half. And, uh, you know, that led to some transition opportunities for them, some easy baskets. And, uh, you know, like I said, you got to give VCU credit. Okay, you've got a game ostensibly coming up on Saturday, but uh, in this uh, world in which we live, nothing is guaranteed. Uh, but you just go back to practice tomorrow and start working. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see what what uh you know whatever the league tells us that that is next for us. And, and you know, in the meantime, we just got to make sure that we're doing everything we can to stay healthy and learn from this game and, and continue to, to to move forward. All right, coach, we'll let you go. 
Appreciate it. All right, that does wrap things up here on behalf of our engineer producer here, uh, Caleb McLeod. Brooks Hall filling in tonight for Bucky Bockhorn. Larry Hansgen with the final one more time. It was VCU 76, Dayton 67. Now stick around for more of Flyer Feedback. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. CareSource, with health insurance from CareSource, you're covered in kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating. Make your parking lot look great again. Go to VandaliaBlacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers. Helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by... Flanagan's Pub on Stewart Street in Dayton. Stop by after the game for delicious food and 24 beers on tap. Bud Light, keep it crisp with Bud Light. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. And by Flyer Spirit. Stop on over to Flyer Spirit on Brown Street and show off your Flyer pride. Go UD. Call in with your comments or questions. 457-1290. Flyer feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Hey, everybody, it's John Bedell, it's Keith Walskowski, and it's you here for Flyer feedback after a Dayton loss, 76-67 to to the VCU Rams. And uh, Flyer feedback is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. Plus, our friends at Flanagan's on Stewart Street are now hiring. They're currently completing upgrades to create that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at Dayton at gmail.com. The nine-point loss gets Dayton to 11-6 and six on the year. They drop to 7-5 and five in A-10 play. And uh, as I mentioned, it's John Bedell and former Flyer Keith Walskowski, University of Dayton Hall of Famer Keith Walskowski here for this quick segment before news. And Keith, just another frustrating loss in what has become... Uh, this team's identity. They're they're wildly frustrating to follow and to watch. They're consistently inconsistent. Um, they they get their butts beat in Richmond when they met a couple weeks ago last month, and this is an entirely different level of frustrating because Dayton had every opportunity to win this game, and they blew about every single one. They blew by every off-ramp they had. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we just – right now we got guys that don't have a ton of experience that are – uh, that are getting heavy minutes that we are leaning on. They're all out there together, and it's and it's hard to hide. So, you know, at times they're putting it all together, and it looks great for us. At other times, they're going through struggles all together, and it's it's very evident. And uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, two three years from now, uh, you know, when we're having another one of those another one of those undefeated uh, number three the country i don't think it'll get that good but uh when we're having another another great season we're competing for a10 championships 
uh, you know, competing to, to advance in the NCAA championship, we can look back and say, Hey, these guys got experience. Now they went through all the hiccups. Uh, it was out in front of everybody's eyes in a, in a very, uh, abnormal season, but it, we're here now because they were able to go through that. And then hopefully we can just get into a cycle where, uh, it's not all happening at once and coming together to like in, in seasons like this one. Yep, it was uh, it was frustrating loss tonight. It added up to seventy six. VCU Dayton sixty seven. The Dayton Flyers are losing tonight. It's John Bedell, former Flyer Keith Walskowski, and you here for Flyer feedback it continues on the other side of this break. After we hear some news and pay some bills, right here on the home of the Flyers. This is Flyer feedback twelve ninety and ninety five seven WHIO Dayton's news and talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback. Coming to you live from our Dayton studios after a Dayton loss, a different kind of frustrating loss to the VCU Rams. 76-67 VCU. The loss drops Dayton on the year to Keith Walskowski. They are now 11-6, 7-5 in 8-10 play. VCU improves their record of 14-4, uh, 7-2 in the Atlantic 10. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light and Flanagan's Pub. So we appreciate our support. Uh, from our friends at Flannies and Bud Light, even though we cannot be over at Flanagan's like we would like to because COVID. Also, Flanagan's on Stewart Street is now hiring. They're currently completing upgrades to create that same Flyer Faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at Dayton at gmail.com. Keith, the last two times these teams got together, it was uh, something I can't say on the air, but I would use to describe it. In this way, just as uh, it was a woodshed game. They got run out of the gym from the get-go back in Richmond last month. Tonight started well. Dayton seemed to be the aggressor early. I felt like they were the aggressor early. They were on the attack. It was had a whole different feel than uh, when VCU opened a can on them last week, or last month, I should say. I mean, they jump out to 15-9 at the under-16 break. You think, okay. Well, then, as Larry Hanskin said, basketball's a 40-minute game, and the 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 ends of the each frame the last four minutes just didn't go well uh and it's just it adds up to a nine point loss for Dayton yeah and when you look back at the games that we've done well we're attacking we're playing offense with some type of purpose we're moving the ball we're looking at options throughout the plays that we run when we struggle we get into these ruts and we struggle to score we struggle to stay with teams because we get out there. We're just kind of running an offense. Um, and I said it the the other day on the air. We, we start to run our offense just like it's shoot around, like five on O. We're running it just to make sure that we remember the whole play. And that's when we do that, we get to the end of the play and nobody's done anything. Next thing you know, we're at the end of the shot clock and we got we to gotta force something or create something that we're just not capable of doing. And – you see us really, really struggle with that. But when, when we're attacking, when we're playing with some type of a purpose or looking for options along the way, we've become a much better team. Ibby Watson led the way tonight, 20 points on five of seven shooting from beyond the three-point line. Shouts to everybody out there in Dayton Flyers fanville that thinks this team's uh, problems boil down to as being simplistic as, how is Ibby shooting tonight? <laughs> yeah, they not, lose a game where he shoots well. Quite that. 
but so well you know and he he's one of the things too that we've talked about and larry's talked about very frequently on the air um about jalen and ibby have to produce for this team and and if we want to win and if you look at the games when we don't win one of them is not producing and it's not just because somebody else stepped up or the the you know opportunities weren't there it's flat out it comes out in the points and it's not Jalen or Ibby needs to produce it. it's Jalen and Ibby need to produce and even you know even today even with the 20 points like you you said and Brooks and Larry talked about something just seemed a little bit off and yeah. not necessarily sure what's going on I'm sure it's you know it's seasons like this are frustrating for players uh as much as they're frustrating for fans too and, uh, you know, I'm sure he's, he's battling through something and, ho- and hopefully uh, this team as a whole is able to get right and generally making shots and winning games uh, cre- corrects a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Keith, this was one of those nights where it was not it was not Jalen and Ibby producing. It was just Ibby. Ibby had 20 points, as I mentioned, on five of seven shooting from beyond the arc. He was seven to ten from the field. Jalen Crutcher with a very quiet and very un-Jalen Crutcher-like night. He had eight points, Keith, and he has, uh, you know, this year in particular struggled against VCU. You could tell this game from from Brooks's observation. Brooks's observation early in this game was that this was personal for Jalen because he did not have a good game. And, I mean, nobody did the last time they played uh, the Rams because they got shellacked. Uh, when they played them last month. But you could tell that it's, it seemed to be personal to Jalen. He had a little more fire in the belly. But that was in the early goings, and because I think Larry had said that Jalen had outscored himself uh, in the last VCU game in like the first ninety seconds. It was something ridiculous like that, where you could tell, "Woo!" Yeah, <laughs> didn't take much. I mean, that was a low bar that in the effort that Jalen had against VCU last month. But uh, elsewhere across the box score, Jordy Shimanga with fourteen and twelve. So Jordy with a double double tonight, twelve boards to go with his fourteen points. Elijah Weaver had ten. He was a guy that was looking strong early in some of the threes he was hitting, but again. Keith, when you struggle like Dayton did in the final four minutes of the first half and the second half, you're not going to uh, pull this one out. Nobody else in double figures for the Flyers. Mustafa Amziel with five, R.J. Blakeney with seven, and Kobe Brea with three. The Both of those guys coming off the bench. Zim Wilkeji went scoreless uh, in his reserve role for the Flyers tonight. On the other side, VCU, Vince Williams, he had five, actually six threes in this game. He, or yeah, five threes in this game. He had a career-high uh, for himself tonight, and uh, also Bones Highland uh, just doing his thing with 19. The kid is a really, really good player for VCU. And, uh, you know, we always talk about key moments in games, Keith. The key figure in this game, the key moment just that really did the Flyers in it prompted Larry to say, well, this game's over, folks. 441 left. Dayton pulls to within one. They pulled it within 68-67 with Jalen Crutcher's lay-in. And then you follow that up with back-to-back turnovers, and Keith, from that point on, from the point it was 68-67 VCU, Dayton had pulled it within one. They went scoreless. The last 441 of that game, they pulled no closer than that, and they didn't score. Forget like, oh, they went without a field goal, and they still got some points from the free throw line. No, they went scoreless after that point. 68-67 was as close as they got. Final 76-67 VCU. And, and VCU is one of those teams that whether they're up, whether they're down, they all play hard. And not just one guy plays hard or this is a high-energy power forward. Like, every one of them plays extremely hard as a team. And 
you know, it, it, it definitely shows they're able to claw their way back into games when they're missing shots or when they're in droughts, they're able to uh, create bigger spreads when they, when they are clicking. And one of those things, especially closing out, closing out halves and closing out games uh, become, became very evident that, you know, we just struggle with, with that type of pressure and that type of physical play. Yep. Well, and then to the thing that lean, lends itself what their physical play lends itself to is they force a lot of turnovers, Keith, right? We know this yes. havoc. They got, you know, whatever they call it over there in Richmond. They, they think it's unique. Um, you know, they force a lot of turnovers. And in particular, when you got a Dayton team that struggles with controlling the ball like they have this year and taking care of the ball, when you turn it over 16 times against this Rams team, and in particular, one of many of those are live ball turnovers, Look, those are going to end up being backbreakers. And they were, as you mentioned, VCU turns. They got 29 points off those 16 turnovers. As you mentioned, Keith, for perspective, VCU got more points off turnovers than Dayton had in the second half. Dayton scored 28 in the second frame. Um, So, you know, on one hand, Dayton's got uh, a facet of their game that they've been on the struggle bus with all year uh, that plays very well into VCU's style of ball. So you, you can say that, well, these teams don't match up very well because of that. But at the same time, Keith, like Dayton had every chance to win this game and just, you know, every, every time you feel like this team can, you know, even though we are we are fully accepting, the two of us, about Dayton's postseason situation, the, the conversation they are or are not a part of when it comes to the tournament, um, you keep thinking, God, can they just get some traction? Like, can they, you know, they just can never string together more than a couple of games here, Keith, at a time. They're just, I mean, consistently, when I look back on the 20... 2020-2021 Dayton Flyers, aside from COVID, the thing I'm going to remember is they're just consistently inconsistent. Like, that's been their identity, and they're just – they can never put a few, more than a few games together before they, it just it just goes off the rails, and you think, well, that was frustrating. Yeah, and, and you know it's – you know it's things that they've talked about. You know it's things that they're aware of. Like, you know, VCU comes in tonight, does – Is anybody surprised that they played hard, that they played physical? You know exactly what you're getting with that team. And, you know, we're just not able to handle it. And then there's times when, okay, guys, this is what's working. We're moving it around. We're sharing the ball. We're attacking the basket. uh, We're playing with some type of purpose. And then for whatever reason, we have a turnover, maybe two, and we decide to just stop playing altogether. But but why? Like, I don't – that's – you know, that's what youth and inexperience will do for you. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. You know, all the reasons there's no, uh, there's no magical formula that, that we're missing here. It's just actually being able to uh, go out and execute and pl- to stick with that game plan, even when the things uh, get a little tough for you. Well, what's frustrating too, is they've had, a, they've had a couple of woodshed games and that's the one thing that, Really, prior, you know, last year is such is such just in its own category, Keith. But in Anthony's first two years, they really only got blown out the one time against Rhode Island in his second year. They've been they've been taken to the woodshed a couple of times this year. VCU and Dayton fans out there, do not kid yourselves. That Duquesne game was a whooping, okay? And that five point yeah. final score, Keith, you were there to watch it. That was not yeah. That was not as close as that game would indicate. They got run out of the gym. Uh, at that new at that new uh, arena they got there in Pittsburgh. I mean that that's what's concerning to me is like man they're getting they're just getting run off the floor and they didn't lose to it's been a decade since they lost to Fordham and they've done that and so far Fordham has won 
Let me pull this up to verify it because I want to look at their schedule just to – yeah, Fordham's won two games this year, and they just canned their coach a couple weeks ago. So how's – like it's, it's you know, losing yeah. to Fordham and the couple of times they've just gotten run out of the gym, it's just – it's – like I said, it's become a season where I think more and more Dayton fans are just gritting, the te- gritting their teeth at the way this has gone from the blown opportunities that they've had to put them in the situation they're in now when it comes to their, their postseason uh, situation – and just having to watch this team closely, it's they're just a wildly frustrating bunch to watch. And I and again, I know with the perspective of last year, it's even harder for folks to take because we're so coming off of the season of dreams that ended in the way that nobody wanted it to end, right? I think it's even harder for folks to take because it comes in the immediate aftermath of season of dreams. Yeah. Oh, that's that's absolutely that makes it uh, makes it seem even worse than what it actually is. Um, but you know, I think even within this team, there's a little bit of a divide where, you know, these younger guys, all the reasons that you came to date, right. This, this, you got a great arena, locker room facilities, uh, the resources that we have, the fan base, everything that, that, that you get uh, that makes this program great. That makes this program stand out from other programs, especially within the uh, Atlantic 10, like younger guys that are new to this program, you got to understand that, all those reasons right there are reasons that the teams you're playing against are coming in to beat you. It makes that target on your back. Like you don't just walk into the gym and automatically win because your uniforms are nicer and your gym is bigger and your fans are louder and you chartered, chartered a, a jet to the game and you're staying at a, a Marriott instead of uh, you know, a cheaper hotel. All those reasons you constantly have a target on your back and younger guys got to realize that you can't just, you can't just step into the gym and think the game has already been won because you guys are a better team on paper. And it's taking them way too long to realize that, uh, react to that, and and match levels that other teams are playing with. Yep. Well, Dayton swept the season series last year, as Michael would Scott's as Michael Scott would say. Well, 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 how the turntables. And you stop there uh, because <laughs> VCU just turned around and swept the season series from the Dayton Flyers. So Dayton, a loser, 76-67. It's John Bedell, former Flyer and University of Dayton Hall of Famer Keith Walskowski and you here for Flyer Feedback. The home stretch of it after this break right here live on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey everybody, welcome back to Flyer Feedback. For the last time tonight, it's John Bedell. It's former Flyer and University of Dayton Athletic Hall of Famer Keith Wallace-Kowski and you here for Flyer Feedback. Dayton a loser, the nine-point variation, 76-67 VCU. The final Dayton drops to 11-6 on the year overall and 7-5 in A-10 play. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. Keith, it was a weird night because... Uh, just in terms of the scheduling aspect of it, this was supposed to be UMass, but then UMass has to hit the pause button because much like Michigan a couple weeks ago, they put their entire athletic department on pause because of COVID concerns. So now UMass hits the pause button for two weeks. So Minutemen out in Amherst. In come the VCU Rams here at UD Arena. These two teams are scheduled to play each other on March 3rd. I was told today by a Doug Hostrow, the SID, that could they play? Sure. It's probably unlikely, though. 
that's the way Doug Couch was that it is unlikely, but in this season that is unlike any other. You never know, and you know Keith. Who knows? These these two teams could play a third time, but uh, with, with the amount of A10 teams that are out of the mix right now because of COVID, who knows? I mean, I, are they going to play St. Joe's on Saturday? I don't know. They're on the schedule. We'll see if they have to go to Hawk Hill. Or I'm sorry, that game's at UD Arena, but we'll see if they play St. Joe's. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think we're kind of the point this season that um, the A10 as a conference has looked at it, and is if somebody cancels, they're just going to see who's available uh, and pick the best matchup possible. Uh, you know, the two closely closely ranked teams, and make one go to the other, and not really give them a choice. You got to go, and and final decision, you got to do that. You know, and and maybe they leave it open where they can switch some things around at the end. And then, you know, there's probably some conspiracy theorists out there that are uh, myself, one of them, saying there's potentially teams that are either cashing in the season, saying, OK, we're going to call it COVID and just back out of having to travel or play many more games or other ones that maybe they have a tournament resume. Uh, they're right on the bubble and they got a big game coming up uh, that they could potentially lose and say, well, if we if we pause for a couple of days here we don't play that game maybe we can uh maybe we can regroup and and go on a run yeah and here's what i know about the scheduling changes is that uh the way dayton described it to me today too uh is that when umass pulls the plug this weekend it is not dayton's responsibility to pick up the phone and start calling around the a10 to say hello richmond rams will you play us tuesday the a10 is doing this so the a10 gets together and says okay vcu and dayton you all are both impacted within this 14-day window, so we're going to put you guys together. We know you're on the schedule later in March, but we're going to, you guys are going to play tonight, and if it's a good game that helps both of them, fine. They've done the same thing for Bonaventure. I know the Bonnies had one of their games moved around, moved off the day it was supposed to be, and on top of that, they're playing a different opponent because they've had impacts to their schedule too. So going forward, you know, who knows how the A-10 is going to try to shuffle because the way it was explained to me, the A-10 is trying to make it apples to apples or as close as they can to apples to apples when they go to seed for the tournament, right? Because all these teams are missing so many games. And if there's a team with 10 games and a team with 13 games played so far, they're going to try to get that team with 10 games some more uh, on their resume. And if they have to make St. Louis play three times in a week to maybe, you know, get them up and, and have them a bigger sample size, then they're, the, the A-10 might say, well, tough luck. We're going to play you three times in a week, Billikens. Because, you know, who knows how the schedule fluctuates. And then just going forward, Keith, and on top of that, everybody, Dayton's is the week before senior night. They've got a, they've got that bye week built into the schedule because of COVID. Where Dayton's got a full week off. We'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But tonight we know that Dayton was a loser, 76-67. So that's going to do it for us one more time. Dayton a loser tonight. We will see you on the radio, at least for now. The game is set for Saturday, the Bud Light pregame show. Uh, starts at 1.30. Larry has the tip at 2. As for now, St. Joe's comes a calling. So we will see you on the radio Saturday afternoon, Flyers fans. Until then, for my Hall of Fame partner, Keith Walskowski, I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody. Stay well and go Flyers.